0: Before we dive into today's episode, I want to let you know that we are talking about the tender topic of narcissism and disorders of the psyche. We know that we are not in your homes and we cannot see what is happening behind closed doors. So it's super important to us that you are safe mentally, emotionally, and physically. And we hope that you can use these tools to process not only your own emotion, but help your partner become more functional. This episode ended up being part one of a part two series. So we highly encourage you to come back and listen to next week's episode as well, because we actually fill in some of the puzzle pieces and make a bigger picture of what narcissism looks like. So go ahead, click subscribe so you can get a notification when next week's episode is live. Without further ado, let's dive in today we are diving into a topic that we get so many emails so many messages about and that is the disorder of the psyche known as narcissism and so we are going to be talking about how do you even get to that point how do you help someone that is experiencing this disorder of the psyche how do you yourself function within maybe the household or in relationship and what, what does it even mean? And how do we get to disorders of the psyches? And so welcome to the Connection Codes podcast. This is the podcast where we break open our emotions that take us from being disconnected to connected in our relationships and in ourselves. I am your host, Tier Wages, and joining me is marriage and family therapist, clinical sexologist, Dr. Glenn Hill, and his incredible wife, Phyllis, who puts all of this together, and they have founded The Connection Codes, which is the guide to human connection, and we're so glad you're here.
1: Yes, hello world. Hi friends. Hello.
0: I want to start by saying the sun is shining yes, today. Yes, well, I'm so
1: glad you're pointing oh my that gosh. out.
0: <laughs> I know that we are going to hit a moment where it's like it'll get cold again. We will get back down again. But, oh, my gosh, today is just glorious. And that's such
2: a perfect lead-in because hmm. for a lot of people, when the sun is not shining, I have oh. to be partnered with such a person, her psyche gets disordered. It yeah. just feels really, really sad. For me, it's not. It's actually mm. kind of a joy point, which maybe I'm the one that's dealing with the disorder of the psyche yeah. there. I don't know. But a lot of people, when the sun's not shining, mm. it's a real heavy which again we label as, as sad yeah. and their psyche gets disordered. It just gets, it's overwhelming. It's like, oh, I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't even want to do anything today. I have no energy uh, because of the uh, psyche being disordered.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, it is such a good lead in because I think about that, that if you don't know this about yourself, mm-hmm. if you no. don't know how you are affected by uh, just dreary cloudy days it can really set you mm. off mm. with your partner yep. yeah, yep. and vice versa. Like mm-hmm. I think for Glenn, because he experiences uh, actually a lot of joy, like when it's cloudy, rainy, especially, mm. he just loves that. And for me, I am experiencing the opposite. And if we didn't mm. have the tools that we have gained through the connection codes it could easily be a fight. For sure. Like kind of, oh, what's wrong with you? I think maybe you? it was <laughs> a
2: fight, <laughs> Whereas, but only a few thousand yeah, times. That's not that like,
1: bad. The, I just think about mm. in the past, mm-hmm. even the terminology, which I, I do feel uh, guilt about, where I would say, what's wrong with you? Mm. You know, mm. where I've judged him thinking, no, you, you should also be depressed that mm. the sun has not been shining for several days. And I put a judgment on it, Mm. which is how so often we treat each other where instead of understanding that this is my experience, my experience is that. Yeah, I really get affected by days and days of no sunshine and cold and don't want to go outside, where for Glenn, it's kind of the opposite. He he loves it. And yeah. I was talking to a girlfriend, actually, in the last couple of weeks. Same kind of thing. She loves those days, and yeah. she loves to just get on the couch and get a blanket and you know watch a movie in the middle of the day. And I'm just like, oh, my word. Like, that is... First of all, I judge that because Mm. no one should be watching a movie in the middle of the day. That's how I function, (laughs) right? Like I'm like, no, 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 no. We're supposed to be high task, high performing people. Mm. So no, you can't do that in the middle of the day. And yet who says, who made me judge of that? Number one, but it's also just that we're all so different. And if we don't understand what's happening for the other, kind of at the core, like I think for me now, I'm able to just process the sad. Yeah. just... I feel sad. Or just like a minute ago, you expressing all the joy about the sun shining. It's like, we're all like, yes, wish we could just be doing the podcast outside because it's beautiful. (laughs) It's warm today. It won't be tomorrow probably, but today it's warm and the sun is shining. So yeah, yeah, we're just so different in how we experience the simplest things as weather. Mm. So then you get into other things that we now... Uh, You know, the whole thing we're talking about today is narcissism. And I didn't even know that term probably, what, two years ago? And I feel like now everywhere I go, Mm -hmm. that is a common term. Right. And and that is fascinating to me, how we even have terms that now people have either defined correctly or incorrectly. It's a term and we can so easily throw it at each other or throw it at people we know And so that is part of why we wanted to talk about all this today.
2: Yeah. And I want to mention too, just what happens and there's the power of the three phrases for me just to find out what's happening for Phyllis to make space for that, to figure out what I'm missing. Now I'm missing it because she hasn't told me yet. Uh, And she's going to tell me here in the next 30 seconds, whatever, but to understand that, okay, something's happening for her. That's not happening for me. That does not make her bad or wrong or stupid or evil or a loser or a failure. If I, but it helps so much for me to know because, again, mm. probably thousands of times, she would be experiencing what she was experiencing. I didn't know that's what she was experiencing. So I start filling in the blanks. And I assume that she's, again, filling in the blanks. She's mad at me. She's disappointed that she married me. Mm-hmm. She wishes she'd married Bob Mills from high school. Oh, wow. uh, or I remember his name. Yes. She uh, did wow. <laughs>
0: Should we like block that name out from this? <laughs> Hello, so, Bob. There's so many
2: Bob Mills in the world. Surely. really not. Um, but oh, wow. so again, I'm filling in the blanks, and I'm like, wow, she's really annoyed with me. She doesn't like me. She's you know bummed that her life is stuck with me. Well, mm-hmm. none of that's happening. It right. literally is just that the sun is not shining. Well, I didn't know that about wow. her and now she's able to literally and we do that i'll go oh babe what's happening and she'll go oh, just some sadness i'm like oh what's happening to sad what am i missing here she's like well the sun's not shining and again that literally is a 20 second interaction and now we've bonded mm-hmm. through that and, and this is one of my new things i've started noticing now the negative becomes a positive now the detriment becomes a benefit and now we're more connected and she receives energy from me because we're mm-hmm. co-regulating uh i forget his name uh, Shoot the researcher, but uh, he called it, We're bioenergetic resources for each other. So now I'm actually strengthening her, empowering her, and she uh, literally feels less uh, sadness, less burden from the sun not shining. It's just amazing the dynamic of it all, uh, just how we, we function as humans whenever mm. we're in connection, community, uh, you know, co regulating. A lot of power in that.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I think that's super powerful to talk about. I'm so glad that y'all started there Mm -hmm. and thinking about this specific disorder of the psyche. You know, we do, narcissism tends to be like what everyone is being educated on Mm -hmm. right now, that, and I see a lot on ADHD right Mm now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we, I want to first say what this is even defined as, Just for people, because, you know, Phyllis, you said, I didn't even know what this was until two years ago. And so while we may have a lot of listeners that are like, oh, I may have been someone who wrote in about this. Mm. Someone else may be like, what is a narcissist Mm. to begin with? Mm. Which we'll go into deeper after I say this. But it's essentially someone who is thinking very highly of oneself, needing admiration, and believing others are inferior and lacking empathy for others. Mm. And so in relationship with someone who has narcissistic tendencies, you may feel like they don't have empathy for what Mm. you're experiencing or they think you're bad, that they're better than you. You're inferior to them. So you may always just feel like whatever you're doing is never right or never enough. Mm. And so I want to talk about one, there's multiple layers to this, but first, how do we even get to that point? Because, we talk often, you're not, you don't wake up as like, you're not born a narcissist. So what are some things that people could experience? What are, how do people get to that?
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, and even backing up a little more, just as far as the macro and, um, you know, I talk a lot about the fact that I don't pathologize humans. Uh, and,
0: but first say what that means.
2: But oh, the, right. Well, the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, is what in the psychology field we. But it's about a twelve thousand page, a twelve hundred page book that basically pathologizes humans. There are some good things in it. I think the original intention of it was good, but we label people and we say, mm-hmm. oh, "Well, that person is whatever ADHD or OCD or a narcissist or a psychopath or." whatever. And so now they're just that. And of course, my question is always, so what do we do with them? Just throw them out in the pasture or shoot them? Or what, what do we do now? So instead, of, and everybody that's listened to this much knows I deal with a number of psychological person, uh, psychological disorders personally. So, but I don't want to just be thrown out and just labeled. Mm. And now I don't know, I need to be put in an institution or just gotten rid of because I'm a blank And this was incredibly difficult for Phyllis for so many years because she didn't know that, oh, okay, that's just what's happening uh, for him. So when we pathologize humans, we go, oh, he's a narcissist. Well, I want to ask, number one, okay, now what do we do? And maybe even that's number two. Number one is, well, wait, what happened before that? What led to that? Uh, I deal with a very high level of OCD. Well, what led to that? What happens for me in that now? And I'm 61 I'm not counting on a big shift in my life, but I'm very, very functional. But it's not that I've been fixed or cured or healed. Uh, I still deal with this literally every day. I mean, it, it affects me every day. But I'm very functional, and Phyllis knows how to dance with that uh, beautifully. And she's aware that this is just what happens uh, for him. So she doesn't have to pathologize me. She doesn't have to label me. She doesn't have to go, oh, well, he's he's damaged. He's, you know, uh, a subhuman. No, this is what makes up... Glenn, this is just what makes Glenn Glenn one of many, many uh, things. And she deals with disorders of the psyche herself. We all do. I'm convinced of that. And that's another big thing too, is that we have categorized "quote unquote" psychological disorders for so long that people say, you know, she is or she isn't. Uh, you know, he is or he. Is, you know, she's bipolar and she's bipolar and she's not. Uh, but to realize, oh no, no, these exist on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Everybody deals with disorders of the psyche. Regularly, uh, I used to say at some point in their life, I think it's all the time, uh, because it's simply a disorder of the psyche. The nervous system gets dysregulated, maybe because that painting falls off the wall. And so now your psyche is disordered. Now, it's probably not going to last very long. But if your life consists mm-hmm. of falling paintings a lot, which many people's lives do, yeah, their psyche gets completely whacked out. And we don't have to label them and say, well, you know, that Tira, she's just a blank And so, you know, we can't really deal with her.
0: right? And you had mentioned this, but oftentimes it's your experiences in your childhood or at some point in your life that lead to your psyche being disordered. Mm -hmm. And so I love this quote by Brene Brown. She talks about all types of the, the emotional and disorders of the psyche. And she said that narcissism is actually driven by the opposite of what it appears to be. Yes. Mm. So oftentimes someone that appears to be narcissist has no empathy. It feels like they're better than you. They're just overcompensating for their own unprocessed shame. Mm. And so often our disorders are coming from an unprocessed Mm. emotion. Mm -hmm. The disorder of the psyche known as anxiety, Mm -hmm. unprocessed fear Yep. leads to high levels of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so the same is true for narcissism. It's easy for us to walk into a room and judge that person, label right. them exactly. and just walk away from them, which I can, I, we validate that there can there's pain experiences sure. there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to not have the empathy to understand that they have unprocessed shame firing right. within their body, usually from an occurrence that happened early in their life, yep that has now led them to this moment. And that is now being spoken out about so many mm-hmm. disorders. I was Absolutely. watching Dr. Gaber yesterday. He was talking about ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I have a son that's been diagnosed with ADHD. And he said that it's often there was something in their childhood that they were needing than then they weren't receiving. Yeah. And whew, as a parent, it's just like... Mm-hmm so difficult because it's easy for me to just blame myself. What did I do wrong with this child to lead him to this moment? And but I'd have to give myself the grace to know, like he probably didn't even know what he needed, you know? And so, but there was something that has triggered this within his body Mm. that now we can work on, we can regulate, we can do occupational therapy for, we can do these things for And it's not going to define him. We've obviously do the core emotion will. Mm-hmm. And he is so much more functional now than he was two years ago yeah, yeah. since he is processing the emotions. Yeah. And so the same is true for narcissism.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of my dreams and that I mm-hmm. see happening with couples that we sit with is I want them to get excited about psychological disorders. <laughs> I want them to go Oh, so that's what happens for me. Well, I'll be darned. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's the reason I'm at odds with her all the time, because I'm trying to get the light switches in the correct position, correct, quote, unquote, and she doesn't care about the light switches. And, again, this is literal. We had so many conflicts, so much Mm -hmm. struggle, because Phyllis wouldn't do things right. I hope you hear the quotation marks there. And I did things right. Well, we had no idea that, oh, no, 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 Glenn experiences pain, if the light switches are not correct, you know, I was making fun of you earlier because you have your light switches in the wrong position in your house. And I'm like, how do you live here? This is just unbearable. Well, is unable to feel pain about that. And it's not because she's dumb or wrong or bad, but it's also not because I'm dumb or wrong or bad. That's just what happens for me. I'm not mm-hmm. trying. I don't look at those light switches and try to feel pain. I just do. And when I was sitting in your living room, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at those light switches. And it feels, no, I don't have to jump out the window, but it is a pain experience. That does not mean that Tira needs to do anything about it. And I said it to her in the moment. I said, ooh, sad. That, that's a pain experience for me. And she's like, huh. And again, we're very close. <laughs> so she, And this is why we use the phrase, she doesn't care. She cares about me, but it's just she's like, well, whatever. That's just what's happening uh, you know, for Glenn in the moment. And that's another big thing, if we can get to that, where Phyllis is able to be aware that that's just what Glenn experiences. Mm. And I don't have to do anything differently. I think we talked once about lining up the straw on our Yeti cups. Didn't we talk about that? Yeah, it was cups? last week's yeah. episode. Yeah, so she doesn't have to do that. And, and I would suggest she's not allowed to do that. She is not allowed to start trying to run around ahead of me, you know, quote, unquote, fixing everything because of my experience. Because, Which is what she did for many years. And it was exhausting. Well, and
1: right. I, I think that's the unhealthy part yeah. of all of this is when, you know, uh, we married 40 years ago and neither of us understood mm. psychological disorders. Yeah. Neither of us understood specifically obsessive-compulsive disorder. Didn't know that Glenn had dealt with it at high levels. Mm. And so the patterns that he had and the systems that he had Made total sense to him. Mm. They didn't to me. They were not organic within right. me. But I was, you know, the good girl. I was mm. the, didn't have a voice because that was how I was raised. Right. So I go into marriage and it's like, oh, this is, you know, for Glenn, it was the right way. Mm. Like it only made sense to him. Like, why, like to him, it was very much if you do the towels in a certain order, they look better. Mm. They, they, it's not that they dry you better. Right. It's just more about they fit in the cabinet better. They look better. And so for him, it was just that is the right way to do it. And... So which
2: is a joy experience. This is why we say emotion not good, bad, right, wrong. Joy can be incredibly detrimental. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, I'm spending... I lit- know oh, I interrupted you. Sorry. But literally, I'm spending 20 minutes getting these towels perfectly stacked. And Phyllis is thinking... We got we got a few more things to get done yeah. here. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Our task of the day is getting the towels perfectly folded, perfectly stacked, and now we can celebrate the towels. And Phyllis is going, "Who cares? What? It, wait, it doesn't matter. They're just towels." Whereas it's a, an, a, it literally is an emotional bonding for me with the towels that I know they appreciate me taking care of them so beautifully. Mm, it sounds yeah. weird when I say that. Well, it, know. It,
1: it, you know, you're mentioning it as a joy experience. Um, but the flip side is there was a real pain experience mm-hmm. when, yeah, it when the yep. systems weren't right and, right. and then when there wasn't certain order. And so then I was trying to, the unhealthy part was that I started making that my world mm-hmm. was, Oh, you got to do it all. So there's no pain for him. Yeah. You got to do it all right. Cause if you don't do it all right, then we have a fight. Yeah. And so then in time, it's like I started creating a world where I felt responsible yeah. for yeah. what was happening for him. And so then I started trying to
0: Whoa.
1: incorporate all of his patterns. Hmm. But for me, it was never organic. So yeah. it was like a task that had to be done every day. And, you know, of course, fast forward many years, we learned what all this was and it was so freeing because then it was like, oh, okay, hmm. wow. Wow that now made sense where at times I thought that I was just going crazy because I couldn't seem to get things right. Right. Cause there was a definitely a right and a wrong. And I was always landing on the wrong because I organically never could get there. Like I could just, his patterns just never flowed automatically for me. And so you know, especially as we started having more children, it got all the more complicated because I was also trying to keep keep them in line mm-hmm. to make sure that Dad's not experiencing any pain here, and um, mm. and so you know, for those of those listeners, if if you're in a relationship now, you could be the one where you're identifying, oh, I've got some some psychological disorders at a pretty high number because I, again, like Glenn says, we all ha- our psyche gets disordered. I mean, we just do, like in different ways. And I I would love, of course, for us just to realize that if we were being taught really wonderful emotional health at a young age, we would be going through life knowing Mm. so much of how to recognize things that we're going through, recognize what other people are going through. And a lot of times, like even the idea of how to human well, Mm. It comes from the knowledge of understanding what other people are going through because that is where empathy comes from. It's just understanding instead of judgment, instead of judging, well, he's just crazy Mm. or, you know, he's just unkind or he's just a bully Mm. instead of realizing well, what's behind that. What's pushing that? What's motivating that?
2: Yeah. And that's a big, again, a big push for me in my lifetime. I hope we can shift this culturally that the pathological uh, the the pathologizing a human usually is the end of the paragraph, mm. like literally people go he's a narcissist. Oh, well, when they say that to me, I'm like, oh, what do you think happens for him there? That's the beginning
1: mm. of the
2: conversation. Whereas by pathologizing humans, that's the end of it. It's Like, oh, he's ADHD. Oh, okay, and then we've labeled him, and now we're all set. What? Well, wait, ADHD. So what? Well, we label them, him?
0: and then we give them medicine, and well, then that that's
2: too. it. Yep. Yeah. And I don't want to get people throwing stuff at us, but um, that, that is, I mean, that is a big thing in our culture. It's just yeah. like, that's the end of the paragraph, give them a med uh, or put them in an institution. Uh, and I love one of my favorite things to do is getting to sit with someone who deals with a decent level of uh, schizophrenia. Number one, because I do too, which so it's um, very valuable to mm-hmm. me to see, but to understand these are just humans that are experiencing stuff and I'm eager to find out, and I'm eager to help them find out, so what happens for you there? Help me mm. get that. Uh, and they've usually never had anybody do that. People just pathologize them and go, oh, well, you're a schizophrenic. That's the end of the discussion.
1: Well, and there is. I mean, I know you just touched on the topic, so um, as far as how yeah, we'll we— blame Tira for it. Yeah, how we as a society have come up with some really quick mm. fixes. Yep. And even you mentioned schizophrenia, if, if you know, and, and you don't have episodes very often. But if I didn't know what was happening with mm. you in those moments, and I called 911, mm. they would come and take him away. Mm. And then he would go somewhere that would probably actually push him into a much deeper yeah. well, right. a much deeper place. Yeah. And, uh it might actually take him much longer mm. to come through oh, the yeah. episode where when yeah. I can just sit with him and not panic or freak out myself and just know um, what he really needs right now is just for me to be nearby and to listen to what is happening and to, uh, to use the tools to make space for it. And then I usually uh, have learned to just ask questions. And then at some point I do bring reality into it. Um, to remind him of reality as in, well, you weren't there at that time. You were with me at that time. Like I bring it back into a reality, but I've known other people who don't know what to do. They call 911 and, and their, their partner is taken away and put somewhere where then often it takes a bit to get them out.
0: I do want to point out, do you feel safe in those moments? Do because I feel safe with Glenn in those yes. moments? Yes. Because for someone who feels unsafe, 911 mm. feels like the only yeah, option. Yeah, sure, sure. Sure. And so it, yes. but that is why we talk a lot, um, and actually, not a lot. We, the three of us, talk a lot about this. We want to talk to y'all more about mm. this. But so often people are only getting help when they're in a moment of distress. Mm. Mm. So often. And so that is a moment that that person is dysregulated. Right. right. And they are having an episode, whether whatever realm that it's in, yeah. like I, I can yeah. look at my son when he's having an ADHD episode and I can just see it. If I try to teach yeah. him in that moment, right. how mm. he's supposed to be a human, yeah. which, is which what most quote unquote, do. yeah, right. then he, it's not getting him anywhere. No. Mm-hmm. No. It was me working with him, having someone come every Tuesday, every Thursday to help get his brain attached to each other, no. um, which is a privilege that I had the finances to be able to do that. No. And I recognize that. Um, but when he was regulated, no. teaching him these things. No. Mm-hmm. And so, so often we mess ourselves up because we're only getting therapy Mm -hmm. when we're in crisis. Mm -hmm. We're only reaching out for help when Mm -hmm. we're in crisis. But we Mm -hmm. all know that when we're flooded, we become dumber versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So you and Glenn were doing the work in between episodes. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so doing that work in between gave you then the safety I'm assuming yeah, for yeah. those moments where, totally. you know, he's not about to kill me. Like he's right, not about right, to throw me right. into a yeah, wall I never Felt unsafe because yeah. he's done enough work on himself where he can get him where he's a safe person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, I always have felt safe and, and mm-hmm. I w- had no fear of him physically uh, doing anything. I mean, it was just more that his, the psyche that it wasn't speaking truth. It wasn't even, it was what he was experiencing, but I knew this right. wasn't really real, yeah. um, but I didn't feel unsafe, but it, it is interesting, uh, in just what you're just now saying as far as really getting yourself help. And I go back to just the, the, you know, needing sunshine, which now we I call it sad. Um, what's the term? Winter depression is seasonal adjustment disorder,
2: seasonal that's adjustment,
1: thing. deodorant, deodorant, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> deodorant <so. laughs> not deodorant. Uh, but you know, it's like, okay. Uh, and Echo and I, uh, my oldest, our oldest daughter, we've been talking about this because she's really has this same experience similar to the, and that I've been more aware of. And what's interesting is I wouldn't say that I was aware of it at all 10 years mm-hmm. ago. So, I have some ideas as to why this has changed for me, but she was talking about it. And so we're already talking about next January, uh, we're going to spend a week at the beach to get the sunshine, to get the warmth that we don't have here often in January. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, so we are already being proactive for next January. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what's interesting is the last few Januaries prior to this year, we would go away. We often went somewhere like Miami where we kind of knew that's going to be warm. It's going to be sunny. Mm. And this year just, we had a different focus and, and we were, you know, we were pretty much intentional not to go anywhere Mm. in January. And I'm like, Ooh, that was, that was probably a mistake. Mm. I really needed that week, uh, at the beach this Mm. January. So it's like when you recognize these things about yourself, you go, this is really important for me. So I'm going to go ahead now, February, Go ahead and plan a next January because that's how you become proactive. But if you don't know that you're even affected by things, if you don't know what your disorder of the psyche is, it's really hard to get help. Mm. And then when, yes, then you get a crisis. Like, I mean, there were moments this January where I was like, Ooh, I'm in a, Mm. this feels dark. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I want to get out of bed. Well, if you don't know what's happening for you and you don't know how to really tune into that, you definitely aren't being proactive. And then sometimes you're just going and assuming something. And then actually what help you're getting is, is a really short term fix that really doesn't give you the life, the fullness, the freedom that you want to have.
0: Right. And I'm, I'm thinking also about, you're saying, which is so true, if you can tune into yourself, yeah. a, a lot of the issue with narcissism from what I have read and heard people talk about in my experiences with people is that oftentimes because they're, they come across as being better than, you know, yeah. I don't need help. And, and I do, I have yeah. someone in my life where I've even given them the connection codes book and I'm like, you need this. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I read it. It doesn't apply to me. I don't need that. Like I'm, I am such mm. this higher level yes. of living um, that I don't need any help. Mm. And so how, if you're in a relationship with someone like that, that doesn't recognize it in themselves and that's not willing to get help, no. then what did those people do
2: for years for Phyllis and me and, and one time ever, but I heard it a thousand times from her. She said, you need therapy, which did not help uh, any. And, that's what we tend to do. It's just to say to somebody, Oh, well, you're a blank, you know, well, you're psychotic, you're bipolar, you're, you know, um, a a narcissist. I, as far as I know, that never has and never will connect uh, anybody. So it is tricky. Uh, This is one of the many reasons that uh, I am so such an advocate against psycholation, psychological isolation. When people are living in and that this can be any entity, it can be an individual, it can be a couple, it can be a family, a business, a church, a community, whatever. If you don't have outside people helping you, you're probably doomed. And the sad thing is in our culture is we kind of don't let anybody in. And I'm not saying you need to talk with your deepest, darkest secrets to the stranger at Walmart. But if you don't have a few people, and I mean a few, not 10, uh, but three or four in your life that know you, that see you, that that know. And my dream is that literally couples can go out to dinner and just say to each other, so what disorders of the psyche do you deal with? Like, where do you get knocked off course? Where do you, uh, you know, where does your psyche get messed up? And they go, well, you know, for me, like yesterday morning, and it's just the top, and this again is the whole pathologizing thing that is not some big dun, dun, dun. You have to go to a therapist, a total stranger, which I'm a therapist, I'm not <laughs> against that, but it's, I don't want people to just have that. I want them to also have close teamship relationships where they can just talk about it. So for a lot of people, the we'll just pick, the wife will not be the one who can convey to her partner what's happening with him. Okay. She will, need, will you say that again? Yeah. the The wife will not be able to convey to her partner what's happening for him. She can see it. It's very mm. obvious to her and she will not be able to be the voice. Should she be able to? I don't know. If we're voting, I'll vote for that, but she may not be able to. And 30 years ago, I was always bothered by that. Today, I I celebrate it, that there are people that can say things to Phyllis that I could say it eight times, and she wouldn't get it. They say it once, and Phyllis is like, oh, this is so exciting, so much joy. This person told me this, and I'm like, hello. I told you that like eight times in the last three weeks. I'm thrilled with that now because I know that I am not, I'm not God, and I'm not a complete person, and there are things that she can just hear better from Tira than she hears them from me. That's just welcome to planet Earth. That's the way it is. So if we are not living in isolation of course, the problem is the vast majority of people are living in cyclation. They have no one outside of themselves. Uh, even people that are really, really involved in ministries. And, you know, whatever. And they think, oh, no, no, I'm involved with all. Yeah, but nobody knows you. Nobody knows what's happening with you. We sat with a couple um, a few weeks ago, and uh, and we just adore them, and they adore us. They're so kind to us. And they're connection coders, and we taught them the connection codes. And Phyllis and I were processing through with them a couple things that were happening with us. And they were commu- connection codes extraordinary. It was a beautiful and amazing and um, I used some choice language with him, which was very identity-bringing to him. But I was just startled at how good he was at doing this. I can hear from him better, more efficiently, some of those things than I can hear from Phyllis. You know, should I be able to hear it equally well from Phyllis? I don't know, I guess. I don't, I'm not sure. But when he said the things that resonated with me, I don't like to say perfect, but pretty close to perfectly. When Phyllis says the same thing, it doesn't connect as well it does, doesn't make quite as much sense to me so all of us need other people in our lives and especially when you're dealing with a high level of something whether it's narcissism or whatever that another person can go hey i think i think something might be happening with you there help me get that what happens for you because i feel like i might be missing something without right.
0: labeling them
2: right absolutely because
0: as soon as you put the label
2: then you've lost them i've never met the person that likes the label there may be some out there i've never met them
1: well like. you know a minute ago you were saying. Um, which Tira asked you to repeat is, is that there's times we can't hear it from our partner. Mm. And part of it is because there's a whole lot of pain that has Uh, occurred in that relationship. Mm. There we are. Yep. And so sometimes it's that friend, uh, that you can hear things from and you can process with because there hasn't been all that pain. And so, you know, if you're listening Mm. and you're thinking, okay, this is good information but I don't know that my partner is safe to say that with in bed before I get out of bed, Mm. is to realize we get that. like When when Glenn was a bigger pain source in my life than anyone Mm. else, then it would have been really hard for me to first thing in the morning to have said, oh, sad, sad, sad. The sun isn't shining. Um, And part of it is, you know, the way in the past, pre-connection codes, there there was response. There was judgment, you know, and on, on both sides. kind of like, what's wrong with you? Who cares that the sun's not shining? You know, you got a lot to do today, and we got a lot to do, and you got a lot to be thankful for, and, you know, get up and read your Bible, and you'll be right. fine. Yeah, because yeah, like, I yep. could see that playing yeah. out. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And so, you know, those patterns of the past, the pain of the past, will come up and be that, ooh, not sure I can say that in this place. And so that may be where you are right now, where you're thinking, I want to be able to have that. And we have said this many times in the podcast and in other settings is, yeah, you got to find those safe people. Mm. You've got to find one safe person who will just make space for your sad and not try to fix you, not judge you, not correct you, but just listen to that. Yeah. And,
2: and what stuns me about that is so how how quickly it actually then pro- then processes. Because what yeah. do we hear so much, especially from faith based people? And and I did this thousands of times with Phyllis, You know where that would be what was happening. I'm like, babe, you know, focus on the positive. I mean, you know, God is in control. God is for us. You know, we're gonna be fine. Uh, just just you know, be happy. And now I've reactivated the emotion, so it's going to last not for 19 seconds, but for maybe 19 hours, 19 mm-hmm. days, who knows. And she's not going to turn to me next time. She's just going to you know, try to squelch it, ignore it, whatever. So when I make safe space, it literally processes in 20 seconds. And now we're rolling, mm. which is amazing to me. Because I don't know, some; I think this is the most counterintuitive part of the connection codes, because when she says she's sad, it just feels like what I should do is slap her on the back, hug her, shake her, <laughs> something, and get her to not be sad. But in reality, if I just go, oh, dang, whoo, wow, that's a lot. So help me get that. What happens for you there? What all am I missing? Mm. And then she processes the emotion. And again, I'm not saying that it will eliminate it all, but literally 30 seconds later, she is in a different place, a different level, if you will, of sadness. Well,
0: I would think, though, for someone who's in a partner partnership with someone experiencing narcissism, they feel like they can't say sad because their partner doesn't have the empathy to give them. And so now when we're talking about these people that are in these partnerships, this person has now been closed up Mm. for years because they can't convey their emotion to their partner. Mm. So we have people asking us like, how do I do this? I can't convey to them. They have no empathy for me. They are either telling me how I'm wrong or quoting Bible verses or, you know, Mm -hmm. just telling me to get over it. And so they're not emotionally safe there and they don't know how to continue going down this path. Right. Like, how do I keep doing this? Well,
2: that's a great question. And again, you'll need outside help. Uh, I'm not saying necessarily um, a paid professional, you know, you can certainly contact us. We'd be honored to help in those situations. But, um, what the, The partner of the narcissist doesn't realize is that the narcissist has all this unprocessed emotion and he or she a much higher level of males and females typically he has not processed his emotions that it's just like if if you know somebody drags in from the desert and they're dying of thirst and somebody offers them a drink of water they don't look around the room first and see if anybody else wants a drink of water they're dying of thirst they're just desperate and overwhelmed and they're just trying to get a drink. It doesn't even occur to them. Well, you know, there might be somebody else in the room that's thirsty. So this person, again, dealing with whatever, dealing with narcissism is so damned up yep. emotionally. They have zero capacity, which again, looks horrible. Cause then we look at that person. We're like, that's just a cold hearted, you know, narcissist, sociopath, psychopath, whatever, not realizing that, Oh, there's something that happened before that led them to that. Cause that's a non-human If you watch little kids, you watch a two-year-old, three-year-old, you'll see another little kid start to cry, and frequently this one will start crying. It's like, wait, Mm -hmm. this little guy is the one that got hurt, and he's crying. They just automatically, and they can't help themselves. It's coded within us. You know, you walk out of a store, you see somebody's falling down on the ground, and they hit their head on something, they're bleeding. It is coded within us just to go, oh, my gosh, what happened? And we tend to them because we see their vulnerability. We see their need. Unless I am so damned up already, then you know, I can't even be aware of another.
0: And I would say someone who deals with high levels of narcissism probably functions damned up oh, on a continual basis. We don't like
2: saying 100%, but yeah.
0: Okay. And so one more question before we wrap up that someone specifically asked is can someone be, they use the word healed. Sure. Can someone be healed from narcissism?
2: I don't know how to answer the question. Um, Cause I, 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 would want to say no, but I don't mean it the way it sounds like. I mean, no, I think they can become functional. Yeah. Uh, I'm 61. I'm never going to be quote unquote healed of all the stuff that I deal with. And I don't care anymore. Uh, I'm very, very functional I know how to process through. So what that would mean, and just for the record, I've sat with tons of couples where one of them was diagnosed specifically by a psychiatrist or a psychologist as a narcissist. And literally, I sit, and I'm fairly good at what I do, I sit with them, sit in my office, and I go, oh, so help me get what happens for you. It's amazing to me. I have never, and I don't like to say never. I've never sat with anyone who doesn't immediately go into their experience, what's happening with them, and they've never had anybody do that with them before. So because they've just always been labeled, oh, he's a narcissist, you know. So they move away from them, which I get. It's difficult to deal with somebody that struggles with, you know, whatever it is, sociopathy. Uh, so, but to just find out what's happening uh, for the person. So can they be healed? Can they be cured? They can become functional uh will they ever be as functional as Phyllis is in this regard i don't know uh, i never will be i mean there's lots of areas in my, my life that i'll never be on the level that she is i mean she's very very stable functional in so many areas and i would suggest it's in just the last few years we've discovered this there are things that she experiences that i don't experience at all uh i'm thinking wait so the sun's not shining. Who cares? What difference does it make? How, how can that possibly affect your day? The day's the same. Well, it ain't for her. It's a different experience for her. So can she be healed of that? Can she be fixed? Well, first of all, we don't care. We're not trying to heal her or fix her. Second of all, she can she become more functional? Yes, by processing through what's happening with her right. in the moment. Yeah. How's that for a non-answer?
0: No, <laughs> I think it was an answer. <laughs> okay. Well, I want our listeners now to take away from this is if you are in relationship with someone who is exhibiting narcissistic behaviors, um, step one is don't label them. Mm.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Don't come to them and give them a label because all that will do is drive them yeah. further Absolutely. away from you mm-hmm. and disorder their psyche even mm. deeper. <laughs> um, two, Recognize that you may not be the person that can help them. Mm. They will not hear from you in the same way they will hear from a friend, a member of your community. That, yep. And when I say community, I don't mean like stranger in your neighborhood, someone you live life with mm-hmm. um, or... A therapist, and it would be a situation of like, Hey, let's do this together. Not you need therapy, but let's yeah. go and, and do this together. Yeah. We together could, could be better. Um, three that you can become more functional, and that is through processing emotion over and over again and if there's high levels of narcissism that means there is a dam inside of them that needs to be broken and if that is the case you need help because holding on for dear dear life you can't do that alone and so reach out to someone know that you're not alone and then also we did talk about the safety aspect. I, it's always so important for me to see people because we don't know what's happening in your mm-hmm. home. And if you are in an unsafe environment, it is not your job to heal someone. Right. It is not your job to live life at a level that is unsafe for mm-hmm. you. And so we implore you mm-hmm. to take care of yourself yep. and, to, and to get help. And that's why having a friend that you can reach out to to process your own emotion with yeah. is so important. Yeah,
2: and I just want to emphasize that I want people to get pissed off about this stuff earlier. Uh, yeah. I sat with a couple this week. We did an intake. Um, I and I asked her. I said, and they're actually separated because she finally left uh, him. And uh, I, so I said, so help me get that. How long has this been happening for the two of you? And she instantly said, nineteen years. Wow. And, and I have good rapport with my people. So this sounds horrible, but I said, wait, what, what's happening for you? It took you 19 years to figure this out. Mm. What's happening for you that you didn't figure this out after three weeks. You're a smart woman. I can tell already you're a smart person. And it took you 19 years. And she said, well, I was trying to be strong. Mm. And I said, that's your working definition of strong. She goes, well, that's what everybody told me. That's what my mom told me. That's what my pastor told me, that that is strength. I'm like, that's not strength. And again, I have good rapport. I said, that's just dumb. Mm -hmm. There's no way that this should have gone on for 19 years. Are you kidding me? So now, my point is not that she leaves him and she never speaks to him again. My point is, whatever, three days, three weeks in, yeah, everybody can have a crappy day. I mean, you know, Phyllis is just worst day of her life. She has a wretched afternoon, and she treats me very poorly. Everybody, that happens for everybody. But if that's ongoing for days and weeks, change something. Again, I'm not saying I need to leave her. I just need to go, oh, hello, uh, no circulation here. We're going to talk to three people that we trust, you know, three close people, and figure this thing uh, out. Uh, and I actually made a vow. This is in the early 90s. Um, and as far as I know, I've always kept this, that – um, when Phyllis and I had a conflict, this is a big thing for me back then because we were always disconnected. But when I, whenever Phyllis and I had a conflict, I was going to talk to the next person I saw about it. And I don't mean a total stranger at Walmart, but the next person I saw. And I very quickly, this is one of the corollaries of it that was painful but good. I very quickly found out who cared about me mm-hmm. because somebody would say, hey, how you doing? And I literally would go, oh, not good. Phyllis and I are at odds and we're really... And they would be like, oh, okay, well... And they're done with the conversation. I'm like, note to self, don't turn to that person. And then I found out people that actually were very kind and caring and did tune in to me that I wouldn't have thought that those could actually be my uh, friends. So anyway, I just want people to get out of this. I want to mention too, just because I didn't hear you specifically saying that, but find out what's happening. Again, Mm -hmm. I really, really encourage getting outside uh, help. But in the moment, instead of going, oh, well, he's just a narcissist, he goes, babe, help me get that. I feel like I'm missing something there. And I always frame it that way. I think I'm missing something there. What just happened? Because I think I missed that. Could you help me catch up, help me get that? And you're just inviting them into their own experience. And I see relationships all the time where that's big, big breakthrough that he's never had, at least felt. I'm not saying, I'm not blaming her uh, but he's never felt the the invitation, the safety to convey uh, what's happening for him. Mm. And that opens up a whole uh, new realm for them.
0: Awesome. Okay. Do you want to go into the will? Yep. Okay. So now we are going to go into our core emotion will, which is what we end every mm. episode doing. And this is the will that helps you to identify your emotions mm. within yourself. So we talked a lot about being blocked up today with shame, sad, or fear. By identifying these emotions in the moment, it helps you from getting blocked in the future. And so while we can't change what's happened in the past, we can process it. We can change what we're doing in our day-to-day moving forward from here. And identifying in the moment is one of those things that can help us.
2: Yeah. So can we do an issue-specific wheel about learning ourselves as individuals and our how our psyche gets disordered. Mm,
1: you go first then. Okay. <laughs> Show me what that means.
2: Yeah. So for me, there's tons of joy that um, I've been mm. able to just be seen wow. by you and heard mm. uh, and that you're curious and that mm. you're um, fascinated by this mm. extremely odd person that you live with <laughs> and that you're entertained by that. I get that. Um, lots of shame. Mm. Um both currently when I really get knocked off course, but just thinking, Oh my gosh, wow. literally decades that I missed mm-hmm. this so mm-hmm. badly. Uh, we missed it so badly and all the pain and struggle that came uh, from that, wow. uh, guilt over that too. Just like, dang it. You know, this girl didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. You know, she deserved peace and which is what you married me for. You thought this was just going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And um, Just a few decades later, we actually got to fun. (laughs) Um, uh, Lots of pain. uh, So much, uh, there's hurt, both just in the experiences that I've had, but also from how people have treated me. Mm. Um, You know, we talk about that often, just the rejection Mm. from so many people. And that's shifted drastically the last few years of our lives, but most of my, at least adult life, and probably childhood too, uh, I was just wounded continuously with people that couldn't be kind to me mm. and I don't know they were having stuff happening for them too but um, sadness in that both mm. for me for us but then for society it's like oh my gosh could we please just be present you know I love Carlos Whitaker's How to human let's just let's just hear each other let's just hear mm. what's happening may not make sense to me but so you know I want to see that shifting in our society lots of loneliness oh my gosh so mm. many things over the years. Uh, I was able to share with you some, but really didn't have any other safe people mm-hmm. to share is what was mm-hmm. happening uh, for me. A good bit of fear. Um, even now, you know, I have no idea who's listening to this. And mm-hmm. I imagine there's at least one person out there who judges and says, oh, well, if he would just, you know, turn to the Lord better or whatever, you know, and so there's, there's fear of judgment mm-hmm. uh, in that. Am I up to eight? I lost count. Oh, anger. Anger. Lots of anger. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just that, man, we have missed on this so horrible. And I've done it too. I mean, it's not that, uh, Mm. I mean, I was certainly the victim of that many, many times, but I was also the perpetrator of that many, many times, you know, rolling my eyes and going, oh, well, you know, he's a narcissist. Oh, well, he's, she's bipolar. Uh, And not even seeing the human in it, Mm. but simply seeing the label.
1: Wow. Thank you. Uh, well, I'll start with anger. Um, feel a lot of anger of how this has affected me, our life, Mm. you know, just the, the, um, kind of the disorder of the psyche. And I, you know, I wish, I wish I had even now recently, like that I could see what's going on in your head because Mm. the way you're reacting is not making any sense, Mm. but I, you know, I love it when I can when I can say what's happening with mm. you and push in to really get what's actually happening. Cause what's mm. happening on my side does not match what's happening on your right, side. Yeah. Uh, feel fear that listeners, uh, that this will not be helpful or this will actually mm. have some fear even yeah. about my comment of dialing nine one one. Like if you've, if you are doing that, I, I'm not judging that mm. for me, it was just being able to sit with you the last time yeah. was really beautiful. And, and I, you know, didn't, see yeah. or didn't need to call for help. I was just mm-hmm. able to sit with you. Um, definitely just, uh, joy in my immediate thought for joy was joy in the sunshine, joy in mm-hmm. traveling with you, um, this weekend joy in having tools to navigate, uh, the, the psychological disorders mm-hmm. that, that you deal with, um, and I deal with, but having tools that have really saved us. Yeah. Um, in the pain region, I would say lonely, many years of mm. lonely over, um, just not knowing, not knowing who to talk to, not knowing how to even explain what we were going through. Um, felt a lot of loneliness mm. in those early yep. days, early years mm. and, uh, hurt, hurt for sure mm. by, um, your reactions to me, um, even just recently, I think when we were trying to put together a PowerPoint and I mentioned a picture, um, cause I didn't really understand what was happening for you. And so I get at times just the reaction from you and that, that was really hurtful. Um, sad, sad that we've missed each other on this so much, you know, that's such a big part of our story Which is a beautiful thing and how we can help others with our story, but sad Mm -hmm. that we had to journey through so much alone. I mean, not having people that understood, not having people that walked Mm -hmm. beside us in that. Let's see, lonely, sad, hurt, I think. Oh, guilt and shame. Um, Definitely the guilt for me would be how, um, you know, I didn't early on want to read about it. I didn't early Mm -hmm. on want to learn about psychological disorders. I didn't want to learn anything. Shame in that too, that I just, I think I just, I don't know. I never leaned in, you know, and and I didn't want to learn how to function better in this. I just wanted it to go away. Mm. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Mm. Amazing.
0: Thank you both for sharing and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story Mm. because I know that it's hard to open ourselves up and be like, this is who we are, you know, Mm -hmm. to the world, and we don't know who's listening. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I know that for me, and I hope for our listeners, like that our biggest takeaway today is not even the what to do, other than just like having empathy Mm -hmm. for each other. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that we have to live life. like We have people in our lives that deal with psychological disorders and they've chosen to not have a relationship with mm-hmm. Wes and I. But I have empathy for them. And I can now see them instead of a villain in my story, mm. I can see them as this whole person that is in a lot of pain. Mm. And I can know that if they ever come back into my life, now I have tools yeah. to to yeah approach it differently. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think that that is what we are missing in -hmm. society today, which is ironic because narcissistic tendencies are the opposite of that. And so for the rest of us, like having empathy and seeing and asking what is happening for each other, I believe can help further this progress for everyone. Mm. Um, and so thank you so much for listening If you have any questions or any areas that you're getting stuck, please feel free to reach out. You can send us an email. I'll link that in the show notes, but we love getting emails from Mm -hmm. you and either how the episodes have affected you, what stood Mm -hmm. out, or also like, Hey, can you do a podcast about this topic? Whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Hopefully you've listened enough now to know that really no topics are off limits. Like we talk about everything and, um, and we're just so glad you are here And also share this episode, share Connection Codes Podcast Mm. with three people today. Choose three of your friends that you're in community Mm. with. You're like, Mm. I want to go deeper with you in life and I want Mm. to process and I want to know what's happening for you in life. Share this episode with them today. If you are finding yourself in a relationship and you're like, I am trying and we are hitting walls and and we need help, then you can book a session with Dr. Glenn on his website. And I will link that also in the show notes because you don't have to do this alone. We weren't meant to do this alone. Yes. And, um, you can just do a few sessions and it may break through everything. It may change everything about Mm -hmm. how you're viewing yourself because these codes are as much for ourselves, if not more for ourselves than for our relationships. So book a session through the link below. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do this all because... Yeah.
2: So let them know that you need this. You deserve this. So So let's let's
1: do do this. this. Let's do this.